Hello and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 38. So today I have a spooky story told by Becky. She was one of the winners of the spooky story contest, and I had originally planned on having both stories in one episode, but it was such an awesome conversation that I'm going to break it up into two and give you guys a bonus episode later this week. So right now we're going to have Becky tell her story and then we go off on a long ass tangent about witchy stuff, Lord of the Rings, a donkey, my husband, um, and my magical life. But first, I have a little announcement. This week's episode is special because it's sponsored by a friend and a fellow wild soul and her business, Dope Mystic. Dope Mystic offers you one-of-a-kind handcrafted jewelry, statement pieces, magical tools, spell candles, and witch balls. Her personal technique lends each piece a unique and mystical energy to it. Her pieces are works of art, adorned with crystals and inspired by nature. To create something so special, you'll be able to pass this down as a cherished heirloom. I do have a couple pendants she created and I wear them and I can feel the magic that created them. Her spell candles ooze with energy and I use mine in an abundance spell and I can attest to the effectiveness of her creations. After using her candle in my spell, I landed a job that I desperately needed to help keep my family afloat. For all things dope and mystical, check out her website at www.dopemystic.com and you can find her on Facebook well. I will make sure that I post all of her socials and her information in the show notes. So please go check her out. See if you can find something special for yourself or a gift. Christmas is coming. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get on with this spooky story. This spooky story is brought to you by Becky M. Thank you so much for sending this story in. It is freaking amazing. So I, I guess just kind of tell me, tell me this spooky story so everybody else can hear. It, it really was cool. I really liked, and you're a good writer, by the way. I really like the way you wrote. It made me like sit in the moment and I, was, I felt like it was there. Oh, thank you, because I don't speak as well as I write. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to be the same way. I've, I'm always, and I'm one of those people who I'll go through a conversation and I'll get home, like, all these things come to my head afterwards. I'm like, oh, I should have said this and this and this. So I, I like to contemplate, and I don't get to contemplate when I'm just talking to people. <laughs> Girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I just want to write them a note and be like, look. Exactly. <laughs> it meant to be really cool, and I wasn't. Right. So here's the stuff I should have said. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so I guess just start from the beginning and and tell everybody if you want to read what you wrote, that's fine too. But just kind of tell everybody the spooky ass story. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right. Well, here goes. Uh, so my story happened when I was about twelve or thirteen years old, and. Uh, this was a really great time for me because I was an awkward and shy kid, but I'd finally found some friends who loved and accepted me for who I was. And we lived in a really cool house in Georgetown, Texas, and it sat amongst some old Spanish oak trees, and it was along about an acre of land. And this is my dream house. I would do anything to move back there. It was so wonderful. Aww. Um, I know. I wish that I was there. <laughs> um, so things were going really great for me, um, but my little sister was having a hard time. 
um, she was making friends and all, and she had no problems with that, but she had claimed to see a ghost. Um, it was a figure of a young girl who was horribly disfigured with one of her eyes hanging out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this wasn't the original house that she saw it in, though. She saw it in a house where we had moved from. Oh, whoa. Um, yeah, so it kind of followed her. And um, the original house, um, she said that she did see it. It would come to her kind of at night. Um, and I remember specifically, we shared a bedroom for most of our childhood. She um, and I, we had bunk beds. And I had somehow set up like a pool string so I could pull the, the light on and off from the top bunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're... we're geniuses whenever we were children so um i i had the pull string so whenever i got up in bed i could turn on and off the light well one night we were trying to go to sleep and she just starts screaming for me to turn the light on and so i i scrambled i turned it on and she was terrified she was afraid and Mm. i was like what the heck went what's going on and she told me she saw this little girl approach her I was hanging out as soon as the light turned on. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. What's with the eye? Right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eyes are gross. Um, as soon as we turned on the light, the kid took off, and uh, my parents came in the bedroom, and they were like, what was going on? Right. So this kind of happened. Um, it happened a few times in that house, but it really, I feel like, escalated whenever we moved. Oh. So, Yeah. So whenever we moved, um, she started to see this little ghost girl more and more, and she would call out to it, she would scream at it, she's like, just leave me alone, and she got to the point where she could not be alone at all. Oh my God. So even whenever, I know, um, even whenever we were in the bath, whenever she was in the bathroom or she was showering, um she could not be alone. And I remember like my mom being in the bathroom with her while she showered and she would just be screaming at this thing to leave her alone. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. It was very stressful. <laughs> oh yeah. I cannot imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to this day, she, she brushes it off as stress or having an overactive imagination or that she made the whole thing up. Um, I think that the mind does a lot of things to protect you. Um, and so I think that's, I'm not saying that right. she did or didn't, but I think that for herself, it's better for her to say that she made the whole thing up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so in the same house, though, uh, my older sibling uh, began to play with a Ouija board. And yeah. that didn't... <laughs> <laughs> What could possibly go wrong with right. that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a movie. Oh, girl. It, seriously. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a movie. It's like nothing good yeah. starts with we got this Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> right? You are right. Yes. <laughs> You're completely right. Whoever said, let's play with a Ouija board, nothing bad's going to happen. Exactly. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> uh, so... We got this Ouija board, and I honestly don't even know where it came from. Um, And we would play on it at night. Like, my parents would go out, or they would come home late from work. And sometimes their jobs kept them overnight somewhere. So we were at our own disposals whenever we were kids. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And my sister would pull this board out, and she's like, let's do this. Let's play. Uh-huh. And we were like, all right, yeah, yeah let's <laughs> do it. And we would just do silly things. We'd ask, you know, who we're going to marry, what our professions are going to be, mm-hmm. how many kids. And then I'm pretty sure I was thinking about this. We asked we were when we were going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes. That's not a good thing to ask. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I don't want to know. <laughs> um, no. Um, and then sooner or later, you know, the quest, you know, we we began to ask if there was a spirit in the house. And, mm-hmm. of course, there was a spirit in the house. Right. And um, we talked to a guy. He claimed to be a murderer. Yeah. Uh, and he, he called himself names. And I can't remember if I spelled it right, but I think it was in a... M Z, uh-huh. or maybe there was an E in there, yeah. um, and that he murdered some kids a few years back, and he was there to haunt us, of course. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so That's... this didn't really bother me as much, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the board was taken away because my parents figured out what was going on. But before <laughs> that, <laughs> my sister did play with it by herself. Oh no. I know, yeah. Everything. <laughs> okay, so let's go through the rules. Right? <laughs> Don't play with it by yourself. No. No. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, but before that, she would play with it by herself, and I, I'm pretty sure she was trying to contact somebody from the other side. Right. So there you go. Mm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> anywho... Um, <laughs> It wasn't long after we were playing with the Ouija board that something weird happened to me. And this has been my only experience, unfortunately, but it's it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have always had trouble sleeping, and I would either lay in bed at night trying to fall asleep, or I would fall asleep and then wake up. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's happened to me my whole entire life. Um, but at this time, I was sharing a room with my younger sister. And uh, she was she, her bed was kind of parallel to mine, and um, I just kind of laid there looking around in the dark. And I remember um, my eye catching to the foot of her bed, and I saw this dark figure. Oh jeez! And <laughs> I know. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw it this dark figure just moving back and forth from the foot of her bed to the door so her the foot of her bed was like right up where the door was that was my exit mm-hmm. and so the footed figure was kind of like pacing back and forth um kind of blocking our exit oh man and yeah and I, I just watched it and I just remember being terrified and all it did was pace back and forth um but I was too scared to make any noise I I wasn't going to try to wake up my sister because I think I was afraid that um if it noticed me for seen or if it saw me it was going to come after me yeah. so I just stayed as still and quiet as I could and I even remember like trying to not breathe very loud which was hard <laughs> oh no gosh oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it paced back and forth for quite a while, and I just watched it. Ugh. And eventually, it went to my sister's bed, the foot 
of the bed, it made it about face, and then just slid down on its back Ooh. and put his head, like, in his knees and just shut up shop there, like, this is where I'm going to stay all night. And uh, at that point, I just decided to do the adult thing, which was hide my head under the covers. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And not make a sound. And Ugh. eventually I fell asleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And, then, yeah, I never saw it again after that. Cool. And eventually the ghost girl quit haunting my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only series I had. Oh, my gosh. That's some spooky shit, though. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> like, I don't... I, I mean, I experienced a lot of stuff, but seeing a dark figure in my room pace would freak me the hell out. I wouldn't be okay with that. I wasn't okay. No. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> I told my mom, of course I told my sister about yeah. it, you know, and they don't have any explanations for it. Right. And I think that that didn't help my younger sister's situation either. Probably. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> wow. So do you think, like, um, your family, maybe, like, your your genetics, like, if... Sometimes, some people think that seeing people on the other plane is a genetic thing, like, you pass it down. Do you think that's possible, that you guys can see um, another dimension or the deceased or whatever? Do you think that's that could be it? So, I... I it, it's interesting that you do bring that up. I do feel like my there's some side of my family that has um, that has that ability. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't, and I probably wish for it more than anybody else in my family. But, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that my mom does have some interesting um, experiences that she has uh, experienced. Right. Um, and, uh, of course, there's my, my younger sister, and even to this day, my sister will sometimes hear people calling her. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's not just like a whisper in the ear or was that, did I hear something? It's somebody demanding her presence, somebody that she knows, right? like calling to her, there's something wrong, you need to get in here. And then whenever she is presented to that person, they're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so terrified? Oh my gosh. And they're like, we didn't call you, nothing's wrong, everything's fine. So she still hears stuff like that as an adult to this day. Oh, wow. Um yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, you definitely, I mean, the fact that you saw that figure when you were young, I mean, to me, I, I find it, so I have a lot of people that will come and, and I do, I do like, basically like psychic coaching. So I'll help people yeah. develop their skills that skill and a lot of people have it when they're young they're like god I used to see like shadow people or you know I used to hear things mm-hmm. at night that I could not explain and then it kind of goes away when we get older and it's because yeah we get jaded and our ego gets in the road and we have expectations <laughs> and we're t- <laughs> and we're told it's not cool to see dead people <laughs> so definitely uh, <laughs> so we for- you are like subconscious kind of blocks it out because they don't you know it, it causes a lot of um, emotional changes, and it is kind of a scary thing to actually go, okay, I can see dead people. <laughs> so, 
you know? Yeah. So it could mm-hmm. be it could be that you've got like a little subconscious block at this point and you just need to release the expectation. I have it's funny, I have one particular client that's clear audience. So like you're talking about your sister being able to hear. Like that's her she hears stuff, but she never sees. And she's so frustrated with the fact that she cannot like she can hear like her father. But she cannot oh. see, uh, you know, when she's asking to connect with somebody, she hears and not sees. It drives her insane. And I kept telling her, you've got to let that go. Maybe your particular gift is, is, is Claire audience. And there's a way you can develop the rest of them. But maybe that's your main gift and focus on that for a while and the others kind of fall into place. But I think whatever you're good at in, um, if you have like a really keen, uh, sense of detail, like you're really good at picking out detail and things, your eyes, you know, I wear glasses, but I'm very good at picking out details, you know, when I do have my glasses on. So one of my, one of my primary, um, Claire's is clairvoyance because I see really well. I'm good at picking out detail in my mundane life. So whatever you're good at, like if you're really good at that in your mundane life, it's probably, that's the Claire that you could work on um, and develop the easiest then. Does that make sense? That's so cool. It does. You know, I've I've been listening to a lot of kind of witchy podcasts lately. Mm-hmm. Yours is number one, Aww. by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your podcast got me into this, so Aww. thank you. <laughs> but I have been seeing, especially recently, more uh, in my peripheral vision. Yeah? Um, things in, in the corner dark shadows, mm-hmm. you know, just weird stuff. And, of course, whenever you turn, and they're not there. Absolutely. Um, but I've also been exploring kind of this um, this path a little bit, too. So I yeah. think that... That opens you up a little bit more. It does. I think it opens our our subconscious up to receiving that sort of vibrational messages. And also it opens our human mind. Our human mind goes like our monkey mind. That's the the one that's always busy telling us we didn't see what we just saw. I think that one starts to slow down and maybe doubt. We doubt ourselves a little bit less. I think like when I am really into like if I'm diving into my craft, I tend to not doubt myself near as much because I think I'm just so absorbed into learning and seeing and experiencing that 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 doubt in my mind is somehow put on hold for a little bit. And it's kind of cool when that happens. <laughs> I like it. I don't have to doubt myself so much. Yeah, you, that is a, that's a really good way to put it. You know, that mm-hmm. that brings a lot of clarity to, to a lot of things that, like, I don't want to dive into be like everything that you think is, you see is, right. is a demon or right. whatever, but maybe, yeah, that is a good way to be like, well, maybe well, it is. Maybe it and is. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't just write it off as something that it's not and uh-huh. somebody's or something is trying to communicate with you. That's um, a really good way to put it. Absolutely. I am to the place in my life or I guess in my path where I will see something and I have to I automatically think it's something until it's not if that makes sense I'm like okay yeah well maybe that was something and I'll explore it and go okay well if if that's somebody I ask my guides to help me figure out who it is help them send me a different kind of like I'm not very good at Claire audience so I very rarely will hear um things but I see and I will taste or feel so I'll ask oh. for a better, like if I heard something, I'm, I tend to doubt myself more. So I'm like, okay, 
so I'll sit down and ask for, please send me a message that's that's visual. Send, send me something that I'm more confident with. And a lot okay. of times something else will come through. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I deal with it. And it's funny, like I'll be going like, I'll be in public and I'm that weird chick. I'll be like at the coffee shop or something <laughs> getting coffee and I'll see something out of my corner of my eye. And I'm like, oh damn, I think that was a spirit. And I'll just stand there and I kind of like will center and close my eyes for just a second and ask for a better, si- you know, a better sign or symbol or something. And there's like people around me going, what is she doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. If you want to think I'm weird, whatever. But but I'm like, if I don't grab the grab the moment, it's gone. So yeah. I, I'm that well, I'm that weirdo. That's not, I mean, that's cool that you can do that because I mean, you're being true to yourself. But there's also somebody there that needs you. Exactly, and that's like yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Like one time, um, we had to go to Rapid City. Oh, it was when I was getting my um, Reiki master class done we were up there and my husband took me and we I went to we we're cheap so we stay at like all the KOAs and like the little cheap cabins they're fun and they're cheap and it's a nice way to be able to like go on vacation or somewhere and not have to spend a whole lot <laughs> so oh girl I'm all about right <laughs> right so we're in yeah. this big KOA up there and there's all these people and a lot of times that can get pretty crowded with everybody's loved ones around them and especially when we're all sleeping in the same vicinity, if I will acknowledge a spirit, it seems like they've got, like, some kind of, like, telegraph going. They're like, oh, my gosh, she noticed me. So then everybody notices me back, which is <laughs> kind of a lot. But that particular, yeah. that trip, um, there was this little boy um, that came and visited us in our cabin, a deceased little boy. And he kind of was hanging around I didn't tell my husband about it because I don't know I just he doesn't need to know how many dead people are around us all the time so (laughs) so we're just kind of hanging out and I had told the little boy you know that I would take care of you know if he needs help He, he was it seemed like he was a little lost so I told him I'm like when I have some time I will take care of things and it ended up I was so busy with my Reiki class that I just did not have time in the space like mentally to help him move on so I actually brought him home and that happens more that happens more often than 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 I'd like to happen but I will bring him home so that I can help them you know move on and and it's a safe to me my home and my my meditation space is where I feel the most safe so I'll just Mm -hmm. be like okay you come with me we will take care of things at home (laughs) so I brought that little boy home So, oh, it's like you—it's like you foster the spirit, right? Like how you foster cats, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I like, and I—and it's funny. Like I think my husband sometimes notices when there's extra spirit activity in the house. He—he won't really say much. He'll just look at me like, really, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. you know, he, he just kind of, he won't say much, but he's just like, oh my God. But that, that's why I'm always like, you know what? I'm going to believe it's something until I can rule out that it's not. So. That's, you know what? That's kind of a scientific thing to do. It is. I'm, that's like, mm-hmm. that's that calculative um, analytical side of me. I have to like, everything has to have an order and a process for me to make sense out of things. Yeah. 
Even this weird shit. I have to have a process. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's really cool. I like that. I think so. So what I long way about getting at, I would say definitely foster that. um, If that's what you're wanting to do to foster that, that particular Claire, I call there's a bunch of different ones. There's like Claire. um, So Claire seeing is clairvoyant. Claire audience is hearing. Um, clairsentient is, uh, clear feeling. So like physically being touched. Um, what's the other, oh, claircognizance or clairsentience can also mean like super empath. Like when a spirit is around, a lot of times I'll ask them how they died and they'll make me physically feel how they died. So they'll make my, oh, that's not cool. No, it's not fun, (laughs) but it's pretty accurate. (laughs) So I'll ask them, how did you die? If you would like to show me, please show me. And they'll like make my heart hurt or make me short of breath or I'll get a super big headache, something like that. And that's clairsentience. And then clair, wow. claircognizance is clear knowing. And that's the one I've developed the most, I think, um, especially during readings or, you know, when you go to a mis- metaphysical fair and you get like the 15 minute reading. So yeah. I will do those, but I want to like shove as much information in those 15 minutes for people that I can. So instead mm-hmm. of using, I usually use signs and symbols because I'm mostly visual. I will bypass that and it'll start out with a couple signs or symbols and then I go clear cognizance, which is just, I open myself up and I just say everything that my brain, every message that comes to me, whether it makes sense to me or not, I would just basically like word puke everything. (laughs) Um, And that's, it's called clear cognizance, clear knowing. So I have no idea how I know those things. I mean, my guides are what help me kind of, they're my mediator in between the deceased and I'm guessing somehow they make me just know these things about the deceased or the deceased family. Um, but it's a way for me not to have to think about it. I just word puke everything. <laughs> so, and then you, and then you're able to translate that to the person who's asking for yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I just tell them I have, I have like a, I, I'm a doodler too. So I have a doodle. So I'm doodling and drawing while I'm just telling them everything I'm getting. And then I'll pause and I'll ask them. Does any of this make sense? You know, and and then they can give me feedback and say, oh, my gosh, yes, that sounds just like this person or that person. Or um, I'll ask them, do you have anything else that you want to ask them? And then the message, whatever I get back is just basically word puked back. And it sounds so sounds so awful, but but it's a way for me to like just dump as much give them as much as I can in 15 minutes cuz normally readings are an hour. So I have an hour mm-hmm. to like converse and get rapport with their deceased on the other side and make them comfortable too. Um so I have a whole hour to do that and I just feel bad like 15 minutes is not enough time for people to get closure. Yeah. So, so that's I've definitely relied a lot on claircognizance lately. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. I like I I mean we're going off on a tangent. Here, I don't mind. It just, <laughs> it's just so interesting that you have this ability and that you've accepted it and it's not driven you crazy. No. Do you know what I mean? And and at first it was a lot. I have worked really hard. Like it might not seem like I do a ton of I do a ton of personal work. So like um when I first decided I was going to open myself up to readings, it was meditating twice to three times a day and talking to my guides and I have a journal. When I first started, I have a signs and symbols journal. Every time I get a message, whether it was during a reading or just talking to my
my guides myself, I would write down a symbol. Like, teddy bear for me is children. Um, so that kind of thing. A big tree is family for, for me. Like, more. so I would write down every sign and symbol and what it meant to me. And I have this journal full of them that I've kind of kept track of. And then, yeah. then, and at first, when I first was doing them, I had my journal, my signs and symbols journal with me. And, you know, if I did not know what the sign and symbol was, I would tell the person, here, my guides are giving me this particular sign. Does, is that for you or is that for me? Because I don't recognize it. And they would tell me if it meant something to them or not. If it didn't, then I would just write it down in my, in the first thought that came to my mind as to what it meant, I would just write it down. And pr- okay. And so it taught me to trust my gut <laughs> and re- <Yeah. laughs> and really really work on um, my skills. So I did. I think when I first started out, I did like a. My goal was to do a hundred readings. So I did like donation only hundred readings, just as many as I could. Um, friends and family and all the medical physical groups I could like poke my head into. <laughs> I'm like I'm giving <laughs> free readings for practice, you know. Um, yeah. so I did a lot of that just to make myself comfortable. Cause that's really, a lot of people are really talented, but they don't have that. Um, it's, it's all self-confidence to, to jump out and be weird and to just say, Hey, your loved one just told me, you know, you really like cherry cobbler or whatever it was. Aww, so, so yeah. you know what I mean? So it's yeah. tons and tons of practice. And as far as keeping me sane, it's all meditation and grounding. I take a salt bath like once or twice a week. Even when I'm not mm-hmm. doing readings, what if I'm doing a metaphysical fair, I actually grid my entire um, like space, like my little eight by 10 space they give me. I grid the entire mm-hmm. thing with uh, smoky quartz um, and, you know, rose quartz, things that bring in love, happiness, and filter out yucky shit. <laughs> So I, I'm really careful as far as when I do do that, though, because I've had some not so fun experiences and I don't really want to repeat them. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have good. I have learned my guides are really great. They help me. I, I have a I, I don't know how I developed it because somebody like asked me, how, how do you not um, how do all the dead people not drive you nuts or if they're around you, how do you not? notice them and I it's something I have innate within me just to go okay today I'm not going to be a medium I might notice them but I'm going to completely ignore you <laughs> and I do yeah um and some yeah. days you need that and I think that's important for anybody who does even if you know any kind of divination work tarot reading or runes reading or anything like that I think you have to have the days when you're like you know what this is a me day I'm going to do something completely for me and I don't want to talk to dead people today <laughs> and I yes. and I definitely do those days self-care is pretty important yeah that makes sense my I I come from a long line of therapists oh well, so, cool. um yeah so a lot of psychological stuff too but yeah. it's the same thing you have to have a day off you oh my god yeah. to everybody's trauma no. every single day all the time you it, I feel like Mm-hmm. You kind of are a trauma worker in a way too. Oh yeah, you're talking with a lot of dead people. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and and it's really hard as an empath sometimes. It's the client part of it for me, they have so much pain and sorrow, and it's really hard sometimes not to just take all of their pain 
for them, you know, and that's something I also learned that will give you adrenal failure <laughs> and, oh. and you will not feel so good. So I definitely, I've learned all these lessons by messing up. <laughs> <laughs> that, so I have like, I've, I'm not, um, it does, it took a long time for me to manage being an empath and being a, a medium and then wanting to reach out and help people all all that is basically a, a, a mess if you don't manage it right. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> so, and yeah. I, yeah, that's what mistakes are for. You have to learn from them or else. Absolutely. You keep making them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I knew, like, and I knew, my brain knew, hey, I should probably not let people call me in the middle of the night with their problems, clients and things like that. Oh. I should set boundaries, but then part of me is like, God, they need me. But I learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to have clear boundaries or it affects my personal life. Good for you. <laughs> yes. And that was, that was probably the last, that was the hardest one for me to learn is, is boundaries with clients that I know really do need, they need me, but, you know, mm-hmm. in order to, to serve my family and myself, I can't have, I have to have business hours. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yes. definitely. Yes. Um, and another thing I do to not go crazy is I have a, I try to keep a very strict three-month policy. So I have regular peak clients and a lot of them will want readings like every two weeks or every month. And I try to stick to every three months. Like if you have an hour reading, spirit is going to pretty much tell you everything that you need to do or give you as many messages as it's going to serve their highest good. And three months is a, is about the time frame to make change in your life, you know? It's going to take them yeah. 15, 20 days to get up the guts to do the things that Spirit was talking about and then to implement it and then to deal with the backlash and to go into the next phase of their life. Um, three months is is as often as I'd like to see clients. <laughs> that makes sense. I, that, you're right. That's when they need to be started yeah. At least just getting started on that path. Absolutely. And yeah. and I will talk to them in between and if they have questions like, oh my gosh, you know, I did this, did I do that wrong? Or I did this and this happened. You know, I will help guide them, but I'm not going to make them. I'm like, God, I, not that I wouldn't take money that more often, <laughs> but I don't feel like it's ethical for me to do so. So I just don't. Yeah. Do you feel like people maybe use you as a crutch sometimes? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. Um, yes. It's very hard. I have one person that's a friend that has very, very deep wounds when it comes to um, a loved one passing away and just cannot move on. And I finally was like, okay, this is the last reading. You know what they have to say to you um and you know you've got to try to move on with your life and you know I will see you in January (laughs) you know we will we will revisit this in January but they need to to start moving on and it's kind of tough love and it sucks but but I can't keep them connected they've got to learn how to connect with their loved ones when I'm not there yeah, and everybody has to move on, right? Oh like. my gosh, yes. You have to. And and I wish, this is the one thing I wish I could give everybody. I wish I could give everybody the peace of mind that I have. I, I know that my loved ones are, 
they're not just gone. They have no more meat suits. And we we mourn that meat suit. That physical connection is what we mourn. We don't we don't mourn that emotional or energetic one because they're literally here. You know, they can be right. here on on a moment's notice if you really need them. So I have a peace of mind that I really wish I I could give everybody that. That that knowing that um, death is not the end. I, I that's the one thing I, I could just like download, like stick a USB port in my head and go here. I think people would feel so much more comfortable about death and dying and all that. I mean, it's, it's awful. I do miss my loved ones. I missed being able to hold their hand and, and have that physical contact, but it doesn't mean they're gone. <laughs> that's really sweet. That's very comforting too. <laughs> Is, and that, that's the one thing I asked, I asked my husband I can't, it's been a while. I asked him about how he felt about everything I do. And he, he's like, you know what? I don't, he had a, he had a death thing. He was afraid of death. He's had a lot of interactions with uh, people passing away and seeing the ugly side of it. And he said okay. he feels differently about it now and he's not so scared. So that's like, that made my heart just like blow up with happy because I could give him that. That's, I want that for everybody. Cause he was, he was a very anxious person. Um, you could feel if you're an empath or sensitive all when you're around him, when he was thinking about that stuff, you could feel it. It was so thick. Um, and now he doesn't, you know, we've had people pass and it's been sad, um, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen him go to a dark place, you know, he, and he even was like, hey, at any point, you know, once they get settled wherever they're at, I would love to talk to them, and so we've had that conversation, <laughs> like, okay, when, oh. you know, and I try to, as far as when people pass away, it's kind of the same thing, I'd like to give them three months to adjust to their new, they're in a whole new place yeah. with different you know, the way things work are different. They got to learn and, and enjoy where they're at before somebody down here is poking at them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely. So we've had that. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's very cool. It's, I've, um, I read a lot of near death experiences. I think that yeah. I was probably in his place at some point too. Yeah. And, and what kind of helped me is I read a lot of near-death experiences and mm-hmm. some are good and some are bad but usually they're good and it really yeah. does kind of give you hope that it does you'll be reconnected again and even with people that you didn't know that you lost connections to right and that's what I'm like god mm-hmm. it's so I mean I the only anxiety I have about death is my child like what who's gonna take care yeah. of her um I have mundane human worries as far as that goes like I worry about her mm-hmm. her health her safety who's gonna help her you know answer questions about life if I'm not there um mm-hmm. but but outside of that I'm not afraid of it anymore because I know like the most comforting like I know my loved ones are there but there's a very I have a very I don't even know how to explain the bond with a spirit guide. Like those dudes are with me through thick and thin. Is I can be mean and say I don't want to talk to them, and they're still here. <laughs> um, so <laughs> like they're there, and I know I'm always loved. Like even when I'm going through depression and I have that spot, I don't know if anybody's gone through depression. Like there's a point in in that that you're even though your loved ones are standing there staring you in the face, going "I love you, you have value." You're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, yeah. So even through that, I know 
during my worst spots, I knew that my spirit guides, they were sending me like love and telling me that it's okay. And, and I know that they will always be there no matter what. So for me, that's the comfort of, that's what they give me. They give me immense love and comfort. And I know that when I pass, I'm going to actually be able to like, you know, interact with them on a, in the same plane, like level face to face. And to me, that's so exciting. Not that I want to die anytime soon, but, (laughs) but the, the idea of being able to like stand on the same plane together is like just, I don't even know how to explain how excited or how meaningful that will be to me. It's just, it just sounds like true love. It 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 is. It sounds like, who you're you're meant to be with and not to say you're not meant to be with your husband right or, right or you know your kids or your pets or whatever mm-hmm. but it's a different it, that is, yeah that is such a, a unique um connection that you have it I, is it's like i wish that i had something like that and i think everybody everybody has guides it's just how we connect with them are all different. A lot of people connect with them through religion. I am a firm believer that, you know, depending on what dogma you follow, I think your guides pop in and guide you. So, like, if my my daughter's very, she's Christian, she's agnostic, but she believes mm-hmm. in, like, Jesus and all that, and she will, you know, believe that Jesus is talking to her. And that may very well be true, but it also mm-hmm. could, could be true that her guides are working through that archetype in order to get to her because that's what she's most comfortable seeing yes so yeah that makes sense yeah so i think i think that a lot of different people interact with their guys whether they know it or not it could be like a gut feeling you could be very clear mm-hmm. sentient and have that that like punch in the gut like oh god I'm not going to that meeting today uh, because I feel like I I need to stay home today and then a wreck happens or something, you know, and you're saved from that. I, I think that sometimes the divine and your guides speak to you in ways that people don't normally go, oh, that's my guides. Like if I have a headache, I have to think twice. Is that, I ask, is that, is that actually my <laughs> headache? Or are you telling me something? Are you, you know, trying to make me, you know, feel something that I need to feel for somebody? Um, so notice all the signs, the what you feel and how you make decisions. Um, I'm very analytical. So when I make a decision, I will go, okay, <laughs> why did I just make that decision? Like, I will pick it apart and go, did I make that because of my ego or did I make that because of an intuitive hit from my guides? And I pick things apart. That's that's my, like, that's how I go crazy is my analytical mind goes, you know. <laughs> but, but I do, I... I, there's involved in so many of my decisions and the way I run my life that I'm always like, was that you guys? Was that me? (laughs) (laughs) You can give yourself credit, you know, for the good decisions. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I, I do. I, I'm hoping one of the reasons, like I wanted to do this podcast clear back in like, I don't know. I think it was last like July or August maybe and I just mm-hmm. just I just didn't have the guts to actually do it and one of the reasons like I wrote down everything I'm a list maker and one of the things mm-hmm. was like to share enlightenment and what it can be like it's not rainbows and butterflies you know all the time but it's also not dark and dreary either it's kind of a mixture of both and I wanted mm-hmm. to show people what it's like to live 
buy intuition <laughs> and live out loud and be the weirdo. And it can be absolutely, it, it's beautiful. Like my life right now, um, I was telling Brad, I'm like, I'm so glad I get to share this part of my life with everybody because it's finally to a point where I, I'm so freaking happy and I do live by intuition and my guides are 100% part of my day-to-day activities and, you know, I can share that with everybody else and go, you can have a piece of this. I'm not trying to convert anybody, but, but I wanted to show people it can be, it's not, it's not all what Hollywood is made it sound like we're not we're not all like running around you know with crystals on my face and singing and you know um but it's beautiful like the stuff I that not everybody sees can be so beautiful like my connection with my guides I think I think that to me is one of the most beautiful things in my life um I think that's what some that's what people have been looking for their whole life you know they connection yeah, like a, like a, I mean, I've been married to my husband, and I've been with him since I was, I have to think about it, 17? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, you go back and forth in your, oh, in, yeah. in your relationship, you know, like, yep. I don't like him some days, and he doesn't like me, we end right. up back together, but to have somebody there that, you know, that loves you unconditionally, I mean, I guess you you can get that out of your dog and your cat. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But to have somebody there that, you know, is going to be there through thick and thin, even whenever you tell them to go away, it's right. amazing. I, and that's, I'm so very thankful. <clears throat> I picked the, the way I, I met them. I, I, I knew that they, that I had some kind of guidance around me and I was feeling things, but I wasn't seeing. And I picked up a, I've gone on YouTube and found a meditation to meet your spirit guides. I literally did that sucker like 40 times. Like I was, I was so persistent. I'm like, I am going to meet these guys. I'm going to see them. And the one day I was like, you know what? It's been over a month. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. And I did a different meditation and that's when I saw them. I finally was able to see, see a face, but I let go of my expectations I was like, today, mm-hmm. I'm just going to meditate and be in the moment, and that's when I saw them. So mm-hmm. um, that was the, one of the most special days I can possibly think of is the first time I was able to see and put a name to to the one. I met one first. It was funny. They give you as much as you can handle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was able to see one in the beginning for quite a while, and then another one showed up, um, and currently I have three three and then I have an angelic type energy that that is around me when I need a little extra energetic like protection so if I feel scared um that's the that's the the entity or the energy that will kind of come in and swoop down and and protect me from whatever it is yeah so it sounds wackadoo but that's what goes on in my head (laughs) I don't think it sounds wackadoo. I think it sounds lovely. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think it sounds really beautiful and really special. And I think that the world would be a better place if um, they were more open to this type of thing. Right. Even if, you know, even if they didn't, if they're like, you know, that's not for me. I don't want to have spirit guides. I don't want to have anybody right. in my head. 
but just to be like, you know, you do you, and that's good for you, and yes. uh, I'm not going to be a jerk about it. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would, it would be. It really would, and I'm, like, I, I'm glad that my daughter got to see me in this phase of my life where I'm able to just be whoever I want. Like, I can be very childlike because sometimes because Aww. because I think I see the world very simple. And, mm-hmm. I, and I like that she can see this. She can see a 40-year-old woman wear, like, unicorn tights and go to the grocery store because it makes me feel joy. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm hoping, and she is. She's a lot like me, and she does, she marches to her own drum. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, like, her seeing me like this will give her the courage to go, okay, I'm just going to be me. You know, who the hell cares about what society says I have to be? And then mm-hmm. ho- hopefully, like, the people around her that are the closest will see her living her life brave and authentic, and she can give mm-hmm. them that same gift. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's nice. That's what I'm hoping for her and for. For the rest of humanity, man, if everybody could just go, you know what, I'm going to do me and do what brings me joy, and you do you. <laughs> I think that would be exactly. fantastic. Someday. God, it would be so, the world would be a better place. Not in our lifetime, am Probably right? not. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I keep thinking, you know, if enough people are living an example for our kids, eventually mm-hmm. it's got to happen. <laughs> it's got it's got you know i i hope that as well like and there's there is kind of a witchy move, movement going on right now oh, right uh, like, oh yeah yep i mean I, you see it everywhere and i feel like it's more accepted i think that a mm-hmm. lot of people you know they make fun of it too oh yeah oh for I, sure everybody i think that that's going to happen yeah. no matter what you do. You're going to be made fun of for yeah. being yourself and for being open to this kind of stuff and things uh-huh. like that. But what I'm, I, I think a lot of people talk shit too about millennials. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. I cuss. Oh, I cuss all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but I, but I just see them as being kind of more open and kinder yes. generation. They are. I, they're, yeah. I think they're the beginning of, like humanity waking up and the rest of humanity that's not awake looks at them and goes well you're different and I don't like that and it makes me uncomfortable with me so I'm gonna make fun of you (laughs) yeah it's not yeah it's like get in it's like get in line but yes you know we don't need to do that (laughs) no no nope I I'm hope I hope that that's that's what it is is that these guys are like the next the first wave of like a bunch of awakened humans and we'll start being better to each other and realize that when you hurt like when we hurt ourselves we hurt others and when we hurt others we hurt ourselves i i, I hope that someday mm-hmm. that that's an evident evident and just like a fact i think that would be so cool right that'd be the best Some, someday i live in my little utopian dream <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you're, so, you're so positive living in a town that is, sounds like it's terrible <laughs> it can be really bad um it's gotten better i think they're just getting used to seeing me i'm excited to see how halloween goes because i go all out and we're gonna this will be the first time being in town so we're gonna do trick-or-treating for the kids and like my yard i'll get i'm gonna post pictures once we get it all up we waited for the snow to go away so i could set it all up but 
<laughs> but I'm I'm one I'm excited to see if they're like like Brad said he goes we're gonna either be like the most popular house to go to because the town like yeah. the village witch lives there or nobody's gonna come because they're scared of me. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, your life is basically practical magic. That's just how right? I imagine you. <laughs> That's some days, like, some days it does feel like that. I actually had from a townsperson my first um, request for, like, witchy help um, a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt like, you know, the sisters or the aunts, you know. I'm like, oh, my God. And it was from somebody that yeah. that I know in the past has really talked shit about me and what I do. But oh. they've seen enough of me. And I don't try to provoke anybody. I just live how I'm going to live. And if, if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. And she contacted me and needed some help, wanting to know how to, like, protect her home from, you know, negative influences and wanted me to make, like, a mojo bag for her. And I just thought that was really cool. I was, like, I I was by myself when it happened. And I, like, ran around my house, like, skipping like a child. (laughs) Like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, that says something, too, that about that person. First of all, to be brave enough yeah. to step out of the norm. But they, if they're asking for something specific, yeah. they've researched it. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Either they listen to the podcast, which I highly doubt, or they've actually looked <laughs> stuff up and they're wanting to know if I can make it. I was like, yes, I so can do this for you. I will be over in 10 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I thought That's that was so – nice. I was – it really was like for me and it, it's funny how life does this at the point where I think it was the might have even been the day I had somebody really come down hard on me to somebody else um about me being in the community and and I was kind of feeling a little I try not to feel anger towards the community because it's not their fault that this that this is the way things are here but I was kind of feeling irritated and angry and then the next day she you know she texts me and I'm like it's like a glimmer of hope like like oh my gosh maybe it's they're gonna accept you know me for me finally so it was as yeah. it was very very perfectly timed that it happened it gave me a little glimmer of hope <laughs> yeah that is nice yes and yeah, I mean, it is kind of just like starting a wildfire. Hopefully, it's a wildfire. Right? Like, <laughs> she's going to tell your friends or yes. her friends something positive, and they're going to be like, okay, well, maybe this person isn't so bad. Right. It's just word of mouth, and like, yeah, that's exciting. It is. I was, I don't know, it just made me feel a little more hope about being stuck here, and and yeah. I'm trying very hard to make the best out of being here. I always envisioned myself living somewhere else for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I had to like kind of re <laughs> refocus everything and really put a lot of energy into going, you know what? Here is where I guess the universe would like me to be. And I need to do the best good, like the best I can with what I have and it seems like it's finally falling into place. Like, all the closed doors and everything have, like, shifted my life enough to where I'm not mad about my shop closing. I'm not mad that I'm stuck here. Um, I actually find, I'm finding it, like, more and more exciting. And my husband, I told that to Brad, and he's like, are you all right? Like, 
What you, like, <laughs> what's going on? And I'm like, I want to be able to give you that because I'm at the most happy point I have been in such a long time. Um, I'm not worried about my purpose or fulfilling a soul contract. I'm not so serious anymore. I'm going to help as many yeah. people as I can that come to me. But also I want to I want to find joy in, in the things that are in my life now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's helped me. And I think breaking down in June and July, if I wouldn't have had that complete teardown, I don't think I could be as happy as I am now. Because I did. I completely tore down a ton of, you know, beliefs and I questioned everything and I really was at rock bottom, but I was able to build myself back up and leave all that shit behind (laughs) that no longer served me. And so I'm saying I'm thankful for everything that happened that was so bad, you know, this summer. I'm so grateful. I would never wish it gone or not in my life because like I said, today, I, I can honestly say, today is the happiest day I've ever been. And then tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow will be the happiest day I've ever been. So, Oh, my God, that's so nice. It feels good. I've struggled a lot with depression and anxiety and stuff throughout my life. So getting to a place where I'm realistic, I know I will have shitty days. Bad things will happen, mm-hmm. but I'm still happy. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, um, you know... So I, I started listening to you, and mm-hmm. it's mainly out of curiosity. I'm, you know, whenever I was a kid, I think oh, yeah. I loved the craft. Oh, I yeah. Was, I was in the craft. Me and my friends were the craft. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, <laughs> you know, um, but it's something that I kind of, you know, put on hold. Mm-hmm. And, and then whenever I found your podcast and I started listening to it, um, it was it, it was eye opening, and it was it was just sounded something that was it just sounded right. I've never been a religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, the coolest thing is listening to be you know listening and hearing somebody say, "You don't have to devote yourself to one thing. This is your this is your thing, right? And right. you can, and you can't, and and it's just it's just really cool to have that direction in some sense, right? Um, but what I was trying to get at is whenever you whenever you did break down like that, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, it was almost even more reassuring, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. That you can, <laughs> you can, you can abandon that for a little while. You can be like, I, you know, this isn't working for me and every, you know, yeah. and, and be so raw and open about it. Mm-hmm. And then just, and then just be like, you know what? this is better for me. I've, I've hit rock bottom. Things were shitty. They were terrible, mm-hmm. but I can pick myself up and I can go back and I can be a better person that like, you don't, you don't always get that. You no. don't always get that from a person that hits that right that point in their life. Yep. And, and I, I had a ton of support from like my husband. I got, bless his soul. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he got to hear all of my ranting and, you know, he never judged. He just listened. And I could not ask for a better partner through all of that because he did. He would listen to me and 
you know, when I told him all these terrible things coming out of my mouth, he was just like, if that's how you feel right now, then that's okay. So he allowed me, I had that, I had the luxury of having somebody go, it's okay for you to be a complete hot mess right now. I got you. (laughs) He'll make supper and, and deal with some of these things that I can't, because I could not actually function for a while. Like, you know, so he picked up, he picked up the slack and helped with everything with my daughter and just let me be an unshowered stinky mess for a while (laughs) you know I'm (laughs) it's so nice to have somebody like that in your life absolutely and like dudes can sometimes be the worst because they want you (laughs) just to get better (laughs) they do yes yes absolutely and I could tell there were times where he was like He'd have to take, he'd take a big breath and he'd kind of center himself and then he'd say something nice and reassuring. (laughs) So I know, I know there were times he was like, oh my God, woman, just get up, grab a coffee and let's get on with shit. But he didn't, (laughs) he didn't, he he just let me be. So, and he was so good about, yes. And all the things that I tell him when he's going through things he was reiterating to me, so I know he's been listening. <laughs> so, so you know, he would say things like, you know, it's okay to be, you know, not okay. Or he would say, just go ahead and feel your feelings. <laughs> and I'm like, for for a, you know, late 30s dude in the Midwest that's a rancher, like, I don't know if there's any other man within a 50-mile radius that knows how to say those words. <laughs> so... I mean, you probably know, not one that, uh-uh. you know, like... That means it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. probably one that's just like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to say right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he, that's he, great. He really was. He was... If I wouldn't have had that support with... And, it, and by support, he didn't pick me up. He didn't make me meditate. He didn't make me do anything. All he did was go, okay... You can be as messy and as sad as you want. <laughs> you d- you do yeah. you, and I will take care of the rest of the things until you're able to do stuff. And that yeah. was the best gift anybody could have given me. It was awesome. That's so sweet. It was. Like, meeting him, and it's, like, we didn't get married. We've only been married three three years. Um Mm-hmm. We had, I had my, my first daughter, my daughter had her and I was married. We got divorced within like a year. And then I just mm-hmm. didn't, didn't get married for 14 years in between. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I just didn't feel like marriage was even on the table and I met him and things just clicked. I was like, why the hell do I want to get married? Like, whoa. And all of a sudden I wanted all these things that I didn't want before. And that's when I knew, okay, like there must be a soul connection there because, I was, like, totally down with being the crazy cat lady for the rest of, like, the single crazy lady <laughs> for the rest of my life. And he mm-hmm. popped in, and he just made my life full. Oh, oh that's so sweet. Yeah, so I'm very... He changed, he changed everything for you. For... He, he really did. He, he, yeah. he changed everything. And we met in the most cliche way. We met in a, we are in a band together. And, and oh, that's how he, that's, awesome. that's how we met. I was a singer and then he played bass and sang too. And that's how we met. And we were friends for two years first. Um, and then we, we started dating. So it was, it's funny how 
Like I'd never actually done that before. I'm I'm a Gemini, so I'm like, woohoo, relationship, let's get in it. And you know, usually that's how I am. I'm like so like impulsive. And this time it was very slow and you know, we had a really great friendship first, like he was, you know, farting in front of me and doing stupid <laughs> shit in the band and, you know, th- mm-hmm. all that stuff that that you normally don't see until you've been dating a while. That all got out of the road first. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't hand me at my farts, then right, exactly. <laughs> you can't hand me at my best or exactly. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it was, and, then, and I totally attribute... To being able to recognize his soul, I think in order to recognize how that connection, I would have, I would have not recognized it if I hadn't already been kind of on my spiritual journey at that point anyway. I was starting to get awakened more and I was meditating and I was really able to feel things. Uh, Uh And I think, I mean, we would have gotten together regardless, but I think it wouldn't have been as love at first sight. Like it, it, when I first met him, I'm like, you're my best friend. <laughs> like, like, oh my god! So, so, so we are like s- super good friends, and I don't think I would have been able to recognize that if I hadn't worked on my own shit first, because I had uh-huh. you know done some shadow work and worked on myself and able to recognize true emotions instead of just you know I've uh, been single for 14 years. Maybe I should get in a relationship. <laughs> Right. Well, listen, any man that will hug a donkey like right? he was, was it a donkey? <laughs> yep. Like, like that's his baby. He's probably a good man. <laughs> Absolutely. Him and that. So he, I always wanted a donkey. And one day he was like, we have to go on a trip. I'm like, why? Like, it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going to waste a Sunday. And he's like, we got to go get, I got you a present. And he showed me a picture of this baby donkey. That donkey what? is not my donkey. He loves Brad. <laughs> he loves Brad. Oh, no. Like, I, he, he will tolerate me. But, like, if we mm-hmm. need to put, a like, his winter blanket, Brad had to do that. That's, mm-hmm. that's his thing. Like, doing his feet and stuff, Brad can pick up his feet. If I do it, it's like he tolerates it. And he's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but oh. he, Brad and him have a very special, he's got a good donkey connection. <laughs> That's so sweet. What's your donkey's name? Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore and Brad. Yep. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your spooky story and for for yeah. chatting with me. This has been great. It's been a lot of fun. It's like a therapy session with you. <laughs> it's, uh, same here. Same here. <laughs> cool beans. Well, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Again, thank you so much, Becky, for calling me. Um, I loved our conversation. I had so much fun. It was a great uh, a great addition to my week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, if you would like to get a hold of me, you can email me, witchywomanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get me on Twitter, Danae underscore sweet underscore. I'm on Instagram, uh, witchywomanpodcast. You can also go to my website. I have a brand new website, witchywomanpodcast. 
<laughs> witchywomanpodcast.com. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast from right on the front page. You can read my blog posts. I also have a little bit about me and what I offer as far as services in my business. So if you would like to check me out, head over to that website. It'll all be in the show notes. Um, and thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. And as always, stay witchy. Bye-bye.